This week on This Galarian Life, the gang finds themselves at the circus. I feel like I'm already in the freak show. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. I love you. It's a joyful time. You gotta tie their tails together and then they become king. King of what? The mouse king. <laughs> They consider the best way to conquer their goals. God, just get my uh, shield arm replaced with just an adamantium one. Just it's imagine the shield slams. But all isn't right. Who do these gods think they are just playing us like a chess game? What does fate have in store for them? We're all a thread in the tapestry of time. Without those other threads, we wouldn't exist. We'd serve no function. Listen to find out. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to This Galarian Life. It's your DM, Derek, and I just want to say we are getting close to the end of our Dwarven saga. It's been very nice for Jeff to take over for a little while, even though the episodes have been longer than I'm used to, but we will be returning to regularly scheduled broadcasting pretty soon, uh, two weeks probably, but in the meantime, I think the, the story is evolving in a way that I didn't necessarily expect at the beginning of all this, and there's about to be a big, big thing happening at the end of this episode, so keep your eyes and ears open for that. I just want to say thank you for everybody who likes, subscribes, uh, follows our social media accounts. It helps. Tell a friend, spread the word. We've been having a pretty good month so far, and it's all thanks to you all. Recognition of all your hard work. We'll just jump straight into the episode. Presenting... Episode 81, Three Bean Circus. I guess let's just real quick uh, go into the main cast um, before you all leave for your next mission. Given what's happened over the past couple weeks, is anybody having any wild out there or specific emotions that have changed since the time you fought Kossarok? Teresa has it in her mind that Penny needs some... Uh... Need some emotional support. <laughs> really, Teresia is torn between like eight different motivations right now. It's really kind of a pain in the ass. But she's going to try to help cheer Penny up and maybe maybe a nine on the town's the way to do it. Who knows? Penny is writing a lot. Writing and writing. Writing her schemes. Oh, you don't have to put it like that. This is a cookbook, Gavin. Uh, Cyrix is plotting something. Also very ominous. That's not ominous. Teresia just brought you a stack of warm towels. Teresia, I've told you... This is the. I, I'm actually keeping count by scratching marks into my doorframe with a pin. This is the 80th time you've bothered me, and this past 79 times I've told you to stop this, you've not listened. How? Whoa, whoa! But Cyrix, is in the hotel room. Cyrix, I can see. Cyrix, I can see your horse from here. They're calling out. We fucking town. saved their town. Fuck them. Now come here, Harold. You'll feel much better when this towel's on you. Uh, sir. Teresia, please. Would you like a necro? Here. No, Teresia, please get out of my hotel room. But I, I have important Harold business to take care of. You should, you should leave. Well, I should be here to document that. Every step I, you take would be vital for the prophecy. Every I'm, step. <laughs> I will let you know later. I will I will slide a note under your door with the, the important information. Okay. Uh, as Teresa walks out the door, she steps up and then walks right back in and goes, Sirius, just one last thing. Yes. When I first met you, well, let's just say that I was wrong. You, you're great. 
Maybe I can see why you were chosen. And then she closes the door and goes. <laughs> uh, Will, anything? Laura's just trying to figure out how she accidentally fucked up some stupid god prophecy, and she also hates Aristotle more now because he's a bitch. Oh, it's true. Nice. I guess not a lot's really changed with Charlie. He's, no, I'm good. He's, he's, he's just been his... streaming. Hey, do the three of you all do combat drills with me? No. I mean, it's yeah. really easy. I'll pass. It's, it's, it, no, no, not you. You're too, Harold, no. You stay in your room. You need to be safe. But I, I thought you said you had important Harold business. Yeah, exactly. Here's what we're going to do. Charlie and I are going to run around the courtyard, and then our ranger here is going to take shots at us, and that's the combat training. I'm not a ranger. Perfect. And I'll it's, like, it's like arrow attack? Yeah, send those little mud boys after us. That'll be good practice, too. Great thinking, Penny. Just 20 of them. That's fine. Meanwhile, in the past, we find ourselves in the dwarven sky citadel of Krogadon. Uh, there's a portion of the town that's a little bit run down, tenement-style buildings. But in the center of that area, there's a decently-sized, uh, we would call it a McMansion in our lexicon. And inside, two little gnomes are having a conversation about gnome stuff. Tristan, what are you doing here? What do you mean, what am I doing here? My fucking aunt. Yeah, well, you only ever come here because you want something. So what do you want this time? Listen, uh, times is tough. and i uh short on funds right now, and some people need some money. What do you, what do you need the money for, Tristan? I need the money to pay off some outstanding debts to some people that you don't want to have outstanding debts to. Well... Tony, is it someone that your Uncle Tony would know? Because I might be able to just take care of it for you. Nah, it's nobody Uncle Tony would know. I mean, maybe, I guess. I don't know. He knows a lot of people. But I don't think it's anybody for whom Uncle Tony has any sway. Look, how, mu- how much money is it? It's $12.50. That's that's it? How do you not have that money? Spend it. You, 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 sell, you sell drugs. Can't you just... Yeah, I also s- do drugs. Well, just sell some more drugs. I don't have any. You're kind of a shit drug dealer then, aren't you? Yeah, I, this conversation's going nowhere. I already stole the money, honestly, so I'm going to be on my way. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. You haven't come and seen me in years. How about, how about you, you've taken the money, you've got what you needed, come down. Well, first I'm hitting you up for money all the time, and now I haven't seen you for years, which is it, Auntie? <laughs> <laughs> how, about, how about you sit down, and you, you have a cup of tea with me, no, I'll 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 read I'll read your palm. All right, I can do that. So you get to be, pour some tea, sit across from Truxton. What what are you worried about? What am I wor- What am I not worried about? Life's a wreck, not just for me, for everybody. Dragonons going in the shitter. I'm never gonna be able to have a real job. I I think that you I think you're blowing things out of proportion. You know, give me a, give me a hand, Truxton. All right, I give him my hand. See, see this line right here, the one that goes, the one that kind of curves around a bit. Yeah. So see, that's that's your lifeline. So see how it's kind of dipping up and down. So right about here, and I kind of point in the middle of the hand. So that's kind of where you're at right now. You're in one of these one of these valleys, but eventually you gotta you gotta crest up. So it's, something's gonna happen soon. You're gonna see a turn of some luck, and it's gonna go back down again, but then it's gonna go up. So you know you've got this kind of back and forth in life, and you just you just gotta push through it. Just gotta ride the wave, you're saying? Just you just gotta ride the wave, and hopefully that twelve dollars and fifty cents that you stole out of my wallet is gonna help you out with that. Well, I hope you're right, but we'll see. Is there is there anything that I can help with besides the money? Uh, I stole another twelve fifty out. 
Well, you know, I mean, it's not my money. It, it's your Uncle Tony's, so might as well just, yeah, yeah have another 50. Tony owes me anyway. Yeah, Tony owes most of us. Well, bye. Don't let the door hit you on your way out, kid. Later, Auntie. Meanwhile, at the circus. Last week, you were ambushed by bugbear wyvern riders led by a hobgoblin. Uh, you beat them once, kind of. And the second time, they came in much greater numbers. And at the last second, a mysterious group of kobolds, also riding wyverns, seemingly came and attacked the bugbears and stole their mounts. You fled the scene, uh, intelligently perhaps. It was a pretty vicious fight. And on your way out, you saw those same wyverns with the kobolds on top flying past, hauling some netted up other wyverns that they presumably captured from the bugbears. And one of them seemed to drop something on the roadway ahead of you. And it was a pamphlet advertising Obadiah's Carnival Menagerie. You found that interesting. Several miles later, the crest of a hill, you look down to a valley. You see a large circle of wagons, probably about 30 wagons, circled up with some rudimentary walls placed around them as if, you know, kind of a, a good camp for the night. And you see a large banner in the middle of the circle advertising aforementioned Obadiah's Carnival and Menagerie. What will you do? The sun is low in the sky. Turn the circus. Let us have a friendship adventure. Ooh, never been to a circus. I've heard of one, but I've never been to one. I feel like I'm already in the freak show. (laughs) Just kidding, guys, I love you. Ooh, stop yourself, hate love. All right, Sleepy. If you were at a circus meet, what would you do? Me, I would be the big burly guy. Real super hairy. What would you do, Dr. Benny? I, I, would, I would run one of those uh, the, the dart throwing games where you throw the darts at the balloons. You'd be good at that. All right, so <laughs> as, as you make your way on down, like I mentioned, there's kind of a rudimentary wall around the whole joint. On the northern side, you do see a gap in the wall. There's two burly human guards holding big-ass fucking clubs. Re-approach. Oh, gun dwarves. Mm, Boy, Jerry, looks like we got some guests. Yeah, I think you're right about that one, Louie. Oi, Dwarves! Show's closed. All right. Oh. oh, that's a oh. shame. We saw the yes. flyer, though. Saw the flyer? You follow us all the way from... Who the hell are you? Oh. Uh. Holds up flyer. Why do you need to know who we are to go to a show? It's fucking weird. Well, uh, we're kind of camping for the night. We're actually making our way towards Canterate. Uh, that's where the next actual display will be. Where'd you get this flyer from? We it found it on, on the, the ground. Side. It was on the roadside on the way here. Someone on a wire and dropped it, I guess. As you are carrying on, you hear a loud voice from the corner. The fuck's all this about? And a very old orc walks from inside the circle. Are any of you familiar with orcs beyond just knowing what they are race-wise as dwarves? I do hate them. Okay, well, this motherfucker, you can tell by looking, is old. Actually, he's not just old. He's fucking venerable. He's just green and got a shit ton of just fucking wrinkles. He's old as shit. And on his back is a very large axe. And you notice, there's no check for this, his right arm is, well, it's not there. But in its place is some type of mechanical contraption. What are you carrying on about out here? What the fuck are these dwarves doing here? You want to join the show? Yes! Uh, no, we're, we have a job, Bean. Yeah, but they're going to the same city that we're going to. It would be a good way to hide from the wyverns. I can juggle. Oh. Up to two things at once. Ever yeah, they... seen someone drown? 
Round yeah, oh God, sound. they said they got a flyer on the side of the road. Bjork walks up. Let me see this flyer they're talking about. And he looks to, I don't know, the dwarf in front, whoever it may be. Oh, I don't have it. Uh, Mr. Wall, sir. Nothing can hit him. Mr. Wall. Right. Here's the flyer. Uh, the orc, as you got his name, Hogog, opens it up. What the fuck is this? Look, this is the Canterade flyer. We made them, but we don't. We haven't given these out yet. Where'd you get this from? You've been raiding the camp? No! Why would we go to Okay, if I explain this just one more time. Maybe you all dropped it on your way here. We found it on the roadside. We were coming from that way, going that way. Maybe you need someone who could carry flyers better. I'm good at that. I'm a barrister. Ho, 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 ho. The class. Hey, Hamlin. He says you're dropping your shit. You hear the clank of metal and a door of a nearby wagon opens. You can't see the door open because it's you know, on the other side of the wall. But uh, sure. out comes stumbling this dwarf in blacksmith robes. Dropping oh, what's now? You got a blacksmith carrying your flyers? Surprised they're not a flame. Oh, 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 oh. That's pretty funny, Dwarf. Hey, Hamlin, you been giving these flyers out before you're supposed to? Oh, no, of course not, he says. I've, uh, you know, in between the farrier and the metalsmithing and what's nots, I, you know, I print these on the press, but no, they're all still in the carts. Last I knew, I only gave them to. Oh, where'd you get these lads? Oh, I'm sorry. And Lassie, as he looks at Hugnabina. Oh, boy, here I go explaining this story again. We were on the road walking by, and uh, it just was there. Did it drop from a... Make a bluff check. No, no, it dropped. He's he's forgetting part of the story. It dropped from a weaver that flew by. Probably someone was on the weaver. I guess I'm also lying to him, just making his lie a bit more believable. No, there's a pregnant pause in the air when you say that. Hamlin looks at Hogog. They both shake it, their heads at each other. The dwarf starts to walk away and the orc puffs up a little bit. Oh, so it's that business, is it? All right, then, come with me. You can meet her. Meet her? What? Oh, of course, of course. I just look at everybody and give a follow along face. We might get loot. As you walk through, as you walk through the center of camp, you see a hubbub of business about you. You reckon just from looking around, there's probably at least 20 people out and about, certainly more in the wagons doing whatever else. You see some jugglers, you see some people training with swords, throwing them through the air. You see some wild shit going on. You see a pretty good clutch of gnomes hanging out, some puffs of explosions coming out of a little tent they have set up. You're not sure what's going on in there, but it seems pretty fun. And he's walking you through the center of camp. You come to this area that's uh, offset a little bit, and there's a very large, uh, you would say gaudy, purple and blue wagon. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and assume that one of the uh, wyvern writers dropped that off for you, right? Probably after yeah. some miraculous fight or some shit about prophecy, right? Oh! Yeah, that's about what I thought. Happens more than you think. Uh, and he cups his hands to his mouth and goes, All hail the great worm queen. Followers approach, bearing your letter and mark. Okay, now they're going to wait for a couple minutes. They're going to have to do their thing, dwarves. Now, well, actually, I get a religion check? what is that? You didn't piss him off, did you? Yeah, roll religion check. Damn, 14, I rolled a fucking five. Yeah, you got no idea what the fuck that's in reference to. You know a worm is a way to refer to a dragon sometimes. Well, uh, we did kill a few wyverns, but uh, they were fighting some uh, kobolds, so... You didn't kill a kobold, did you? Oh, no, no they saved us. Okay, that's good. I Otherwise, a lot. Otherwise, I think I'd have to kill you too, and that would be a shame. I'm a little yeah, bit these short races, short races got to stick together, I guess. Whatever you say, dwarf. As that's going on, the door of this gaudy wagon opens up in a 
plume of smoke rolls out, sinking closely to the ground. It's just about up to your neckline. And a middle-aged woman comes out. She's wearing a long, you assume a black leather dress with quite a bit of jewelry on. Her eyes are piercing green. She goes, and she says loudly to all of you, but it's loudly soothing too, as if there's a certain regality to all of this. And who comes bearing the mark of the Worm Queen? Well, I guess us, I reckon. Oh, I've yes. Got eight charisma. Someone stop me. Oh, yes. The writers spoke of you. In fact, they should be getting back from their preparations any moment now. So, how did you yeah. help our fair kingdom? Oh, there is a fight against these weavers. And then some weavers had some, uh, I think, humans yeah, on them. But then kobolds uh-huh. saved us. No, they were bugbears. Oh, something far worse. I forgot. Yes, bugbears. Oh, I see. So you saw the Malthunis and their captured dragons. Well, I wouldn't say saw as much as feared for our lives. Yes, they can be dangerous, but they're more open to persuasion than you might imagine. At that moment, you hear the hawing of wyverns behind you, and you can hear the flapping as if a group's approaching the camp. Yes, small one. When you say persuasion, do you mean murder? Oh, goodness, no. Well, I suppose the wyverns do occasionally commit acts that mm. could be equated to such, but not under That's our care. That's awesome! Well, I'm glad you think so. It's why I joined the church. And uh, what church is that? You've never heard of the Worm Queen. Well, I suppose perhaps you had it. It tends to pass by those not up to the challenge, although I suppose you have been made aware of her now, have you not? I. All these wyverns touch down behind you in the middle of the camp. You see a bunch of these performers clearing the fuck out uh, as these big old wyverns land and behind them these large nets full of other wyverns <laughs> hit the ground. Ah, oh, good. More conversions today. Dwarves, I don't know what role you played in this truly, but I do thank you for at least bringing us more children and freeing them from their bonds. Would you like to stay for the ritual? Sure. Are you, uh, are you this queen they speak of? Oh, goodness, no. No, no, no. I'm nothing more than a prophet for the Worm Queen. But, well, if you wait a bit, you may be able to meet her. Or I'm a bit ominous, but nothing you can do. Now that they keep, they keep referencing this, can someone else get a, a religion check? Worm Queen. Anybody rolling those bones? Nope. I don't have knowledge religion. I'm so sorry. Does no one else have knowledge religion? I rolled a 14. Come on. Back you still have no fucking idea what the hell she's talking about. Oh yeah, could what about a knowledge history? Can I ask is it... real quick? Is is this the uh the Tiamat? Uh as you say that name, she looks upset, and you hear kind of a growl from all the wyverns behind you. We do not speak her name. You would know this if you were read in the literature. No. Oh, I'm sorry, I know laws, not uh, not very important religions. The queen was given her regality by Absu himself. Much better, God. Indeed. Please have a seat. Meals will be provided for you. We'll begin the ritual just past sundown. So, uh, I gather the group together. Which one of us will we sacrifice? No uh, one. I Hold on, I rolled a 25 acrobatics check. I did a somersault. Mine the circus now. <laughs> uh, did you... Well, you did that, and so as a little bit of time has passed since these wyverns have landed, the people from the camp, they're, you can tell they're kind of used to it a little bit. They're out there milling about again, and as you do that uh, 
little somersault, a group of uh, four goblins rushes towards you. Uh, somewhat aggressively, actually. What do you want to do? Oh, pull your blades! Uh, I rolled a throw <coughs> six, and I tried to a slightly better somersault than me, Rush. Shut the hell up, Tokabun. Mine was dead in a different way. Um, I'm gonna uh, roll for initiative. Okay, go for it. <laughs> Cedric looks very confused. Um, no, these aren't cops! Don't do that! Oh, they aren't goblin cops then. Well, if they ain't cops, then we have not no problem with them. Okay, Meatwad, as the four goblins rush towards you, they form up into a line, and very smoothly, they one steps onto the other's shoulders, and they're now four tall, and as they get about five feet away from you, they arch over your head, and the one that was on top now lands feet first on the other side, and they form an arch over you. And they all then gracefully wow. pop off and land on four corners. Yes, I thought we were going to fight, but that was amazing. No, we no fight. Well, maybe Inky, uh-uh, only Binky fight. <laughs> Shut up, Slinky. Oh. <laughs> Slinky, what's the fourth one's name? Knife. I'm knife. Knife. <laughs> knife, you're my best friend now. Well, you guys are in our group now. Yeah, we like dwarves. Dwarves not so bad, although usually not so acrobatic as that one. Oh, don't you put knives to your crossbows? Me? Oh, ah. we gave up violence long ago. We follow the way of peace now. We I'm perform. Not. Meatwad and Tuggies, you had this conversation, old uh, Hogog walks over. Oh, so you met the goblins. And uh, how is my stepsister to you? Huh? Her? Oh, she's the one who fell into that, uh, uh, it's kind of a cult to be honest with you, but she's the prophet of the Worm Queen. It's a whole oh, thing. Oh, she was It's a whole thing. It's really a sister-in-law once removed. It was a whole thing, but uh, okay, well, let me put it this way. Don't piss her off too much, because She's probably the strongest person here. Uh, but these goblins, they're pretty fun. Just, hey, when you're eating meat around them, be careful. They like to get little bits. I'm happy to show. Let them have as much meat as they want. Uh, meanwhile, Hamlin the blacksmith walks over to uh, the wall and uh, our good friend the barrister. So, dwarves, from Kragodon, I take right. it from your dress. Oh, yes. It's nice to meet your fellow dwarf. Not many of us around here for some reason. Oh, well, it's a fine city, but as things are now, I don't blame you people for not wanting to leave too much. Oh, uh, maybe maybe we disagree on this run of mission uh, from the from our prince. So, oh, how's good Gorm doing? Oh, cranky as ever. I remember when he was but a wee babe, cutest thing, great beard. Always knew he'd do Ooh. great things. So, what kind of mission does the prince have you on? Oh, like, just lead you, they lead you here to our resident religious fanatics. Yeah, we uh, we're delivering a letter to the to the emperor of uh, I, one of these human nations, uh, and on the way where you're going, and uh, I don't know, some people don't want us to do that. I guess. Malthun's a dangerous place. Uh, you look capable enough. Well, except maybe that's one. He looks over at Meatwad, like play fighting with a bunch of goblins. <laughs> oh, trust me, not lying. Yeah, you're right. She does look not very intimidating, but uh, I watched her three times now, traveling with her for less than a week. Just peg someone in the face with the crossbow bolt, killing them instantly. It really, it really refreshes. Yeah, you know, you know what they say about books. Good, good. Well, I offer you a sucker in any means I had to make you comfortable as you spend your time with our traveling group. But I would advise you also 
be careful in interfering in the politics of these nations. It's it's a messy business. I, for too long, spent my life doing it. Ah, I'm a barrister. I revel in it. Oh, good, good. Uh, I suppose, oh, you're one of those, I imagine, is he? You give your holy symbol out. Uh, yeah, I, I would, I would, uh, I would have it out, yes. Oh, my dear son went into the law trade himself. Don't know what became of him. He went down south in her sea or some stuff, but, uh, you know, it is what it is, I suppose. I can't tell those jokes now. <laughs> it's a bit too hot down there for me, but there's a lot of good work for people like me there. All right, as you're all talking, some big fat fuck human walks out uh, with a big old pot of chili. The DM, Derek. <laughs> yes, indeed. Actually, yeah. Imagine Derek with like a pirate's hat and a and a little monkey on his shoulder. All right, y'all. It's scrub time. Who wants a bowl? Oh, not gonna say no to chili. What kind of chili is this? Do you really want to know, Lass? Yes, I'm collecting oh. recipes. Oh, I see. Well, what you have here? <laughs> some high quality squirrel meat trapped it this afternoon. In fact. It's cut with uh, your standard legume layout, some beans here and there. It's really nothing too complicated, but it goes right up to the ribs. You know, I work with what they give me. I'm sure it'll be okay. As you're all eating and carrying on, you do notice that most people in this uh, traveling group are very, uh, well, you know, they're they're showmen and show ladies by trade, but they are very friendly and they, it's they're they're used to strangers. You can tell, and they like to hear stories from the outside world and know what's going on. And as you're eating and carrying on, uh, you see all the wyverns and the kobolds gathering outside a big old gaudy wagon. And it's about near the end of grub time that you see a halfling man and a halfling woman. They're both a little bit older, a little bit round in the gut. Oh, a few more mouths to feed, I see. And he... Which one of you... Okay, if a complete stranger walked up, who in the party do you think they'd pick out as the quote-unquote leader or face? Oh, definitely me. I would say let's talk for Bruman. I don't know. I would say it would be Mr. Jamie the Barrister. He's, he's much he does have tough. a feather in his hat. He, he speaks really pretty. And he's got out of some, some tricky situations. I don't have very many good ideas, but uh, these people do, and I just make them sound a little better. I see. The halfling walks up to you, uh, Barrister. He takes a deep bow and takes off his big felt hat. Uh, spreads it wide, leans back up and puts it back on. Obadiah Chugfoot's the name. This here is my wife, Cynthia. This is our fair carnival menagerie. Hopefully we've been treating you all right. Yes, you got good people here. Good blacksmith especially. You got a, I don't know what he does, the scary orc over there, but uh, he's good at it, that's for sure. We were scared to walk in. Oh, he leads the muscle around here. He's a bit, well, long in the tooth, you might say. Well, long in the tusk, I suppose. <laughs> But uh, he's been a good man. You know, I met him when he was much younger. Well, hell, so was I. Except old Hamlin, he's always been old as shit. <laughs> did, you, did he have his arm when you met him? Oh, no, 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 no. That's, uh, I don't want to speak tales, of course, but old Hogog, apparently he was part of some marauding band of orcs, got into some messy business, actually not too far from here all those years ago. And, well, apparently they lost, and he lost his arm and most of his family, but... Well, that gnome over there gave him a new one, and he decided, well, why the hell not travel with the carnival for a while? He's pretty good at it. Nice guy. Glad to be, hear it. Be careful, oh. though, little uh, dwarf, and he looks at Tug Davina. The ladies do always fall for Hogog. What? Oh, yes. Which one's Hogog? 
An old orc. ass orc with a with a mechanical arm. No, he's an orc. I have. Oh. I, Some of us wear our uh, wear our uh, judgments a bit openly. Look, he seems like a nice fellow, but I'm very few. Not someone that I would be interested in having sexual intercourse with. <laughs> ah, I see that you must be fresh out of the old Sky Citadel. That's what I'm talking about. Before people join this traveling group, they set aside all those prejudices. We exist to entertain, to bring joy to the world, and make a little bit of coin in the process. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, okay, I agree with all of that. I'm just saying, I don't want to fuck a 4,000-year-old orc. What's wrong with that? Oh, he's probably only about 55. That's still so old! I'm 55, goddamn. Oh, I, I kid, lass, I kid, of course. I think he's a bit too old for that. Plus, well, between you and me, I think he has a thing for the gnome fire maker. But, eh, different story for a different time. Uh, I suppose if you're still here, you're standing by for the ritual with my business partner. Oh, what kind of business you in there? Well, uh... In her uh, religion, apparently, they need to travel quite a bit and collect things. I don't ask those kinds of questions. All I know is she provides me plenty of gold, and during the shows, see, it's great. You go to these nice big towns, and the rich folk, they always want to ride the wyvern. And they'll do it, no matter what I ask for the price. It makes a killing every time, and very few casualties during the process. It's outstanding. That's impressive. It really is. And, to be honest with you, Early on, this little uh, menagerie, we faced a lot of bandit issues, but <laughs> something about a pack of wyverns lifting off from the center of camp tends to scare them off. <laughs> Wish we would have had that. We thought some came in, in here. Is uh, this guy with a sword, some sort of a... Uh... Oh, you had some wyvern riders attack you, eh? Why would... Oh, not just wyvern would... riders. Why would Balthoon be chasing down a bunch of dwarves? Oh... You're a carnival that cares about making people happy. You don't want to get involved in politics, trust me. Oh, I think I do if you're standing in the middle of my camp. <laughs> all right, all right. We're here on state business from Kragadon. Nothing, nothing special. Just delivering a letter to their head of state. The Nirmathos, or Malthus, which one are we going to? Shit. His wife spits on the ground <laughs> a little bit. Just, just a little, just a little spit. He goes, oh, don't mind, Cynthia. She hates talk of politics. But, uh, well, as long as you keep the peace here, you're more than welcome. And, you know, maybe we can use you in the next show. (laughs) Assuming you have any talent, of course. All I can do is make people drown. That's it. Oh. uh, Wizard type, I take it. In a way. Oh, we could always use a few more of those for the light shows. Uh, We'll we'll talk later. Enjoy the night now. You'll certainly need a clear head in the morning, assuming you're still here. Well, I bet you do, and I may not be the best for this stuff, but if you want a quick gig, a couple of brother and sister in our group have a few talents you could easily make a few points off of. We're not that kind of show. Hey, I'm not talking... (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, Okay, so you bid your adieu, but then that really awkward thing happens where he only goes like maybe 10 feet away. (laughs) But he's carrying on with some so a couple half-elves who were, you saw earlier were doing some sword, uh, uh, eating swords, so to speak, sword uh, swallowing. Okay, night falls. You see that older human lady walk back out of the tent with the relevant smoke. All the kobolds and wyverns have gathered into a semicircle in front of that tent. Jorves, would you like to join us for the ritual? It is because of you that we're having it. 
Yeah, why the hell not? It is important to be multicultural. Okay, as they've gathered up, yeah, there's a few people from the carnival have come to watch too, but uh, not not very many. This human female walks out again, smoke billowing behind her. She walks out. It is on this night we give thanks to the dragon god for bestowing upon us the dragon queen and these new members of the flock. Their minds, once clouded, will now be free to live as they were born to live, with purpose, with honor. All hail the Worm Queen. And the kobolds around you start speaking in Draconic. If anybody here who speaks Draconic, they're saying the same thing back. All hail the Worm Queen. And in fact, Gavin, make a perception check. So you're the only one who speaks Draconic, right? Correct. 29? 29, okay. You also hear some of the wyverns say it too. Oh, talking dragons. Wyverns can talk. The uh, five captured wyverns in the center have been released from their nets, but are still kind of pinned to the ground a little bit. It's not like they're being held forcefully or painfully, but they don't seem to want to leave, either because, one, they know they couldn't, they'd be attacked, or two, maybe they're, for some reason, compelled to remain here. You hear a crack of lightning, and the light inside that large wagon flashes white, back to black, white. It's almost like a strobe light's going off, and you see a pair of the shadow, the silhouette of two large wings appear. She comes! She comes! They all chant together. So as that's going on, you see these silhouettes of two large wings appear as if from a well, massive dragon. And you see a snout appear and some sharp teeth in the same silhouette. Suddenly, the amount of smoke seems to multiply many times over, and it covers the entire group. And you can still see the flashing, you can still see the shadows, but you really can't make out anything else around you. It starts to recede and a deathly silence falls upon the entire area. And you see, standing on the steps into that gaudy-ass wagon, a little fairy dragon wearing a silk robe with some kind of headdress upon her head. No. Roll a nature check. Uh, 29. Yeah, you know oh, right man. off, that is definitely a fairy dragon. Is fairy dragon. This little dragon prances down the steps, its long gown flowing behind it. Oh, you got a bit big of a gown there for a little dragon. <laughs> she cast her eyes from side to side, not moving her head. And you hear a voice in your head. Who brought us, these brothers and sisters, to be freed? And you see a group of kobolds kneel down. Good, good. And who was it that showed you where our brothers and sisters were? And they turn towards you. Oh, interesting, the voice in your head says. Never before has a dwarf delivered me a child, but... I thank you for it nonetheless. You're guest of honor tonight at this ceremony. I suppose it takes all types, but I thank you nonetheless. What the fuck is that supposed <laughs> Oh, nothing, child. Don't worry yourself about it. She then speaks out loud. It's kind of a squeaky voice. I'm not going to do it here because this is a fairy dragon trying to yell, but uh, it still carries some weight behind it, at least based on what the crowd's reaction. For too long, our brothers and sisters have been held in chains, shackled like beasts of war. Unfit for their truer purpose, Apsu spoke to me all those years ago and said to free them. Today, I carry on that sacred pledge. With the help of my main prophet, Miss Alexandra, my flock of kobolds, ever steadfast in their duty and their loyalty, and of course, my free brothers and sisters, whose minds were once dominated by others, set free in the light of God. The five who stand before me, still shackled spiritually. Do you wish to be free? 
you don't see any real response from the wyverns who are pinned down. It is okay, brothers and sisters. I will assist you in your journey towards enlightenment. And as she walks down to them, you see her eyes light up with some kind of arcane energy. Uh, none of you have... Does anybody have spellcraft? <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, ah! So you don't, you don't know what the fuck this is. But as she stares at them one it's by one... magic! Yeah, maybe. As she stares at them one by one, you see them... Eh, does anybody have animal handling? I have oh. animal. animal. Exactly. Yeah, that's the same difference. I do not. Five. <laughs> yeah, you're not sure... But you can tell they're certainly not becoming more aggressive. She looks at them one they're by one. And they they seem to be sinking lower towards the ground. She keeps staring. The eyes are still brightly shining upon all of them. Seemingly, as you look at this, you're drawn into it as well. As if you don't really want to look away. There's something, you might say, enchanting about the light. Uh, although, not enough to make a save for it. Don't worry, folks. And suddenly, you... If somebody asked you with a gun to your head, you wouldn't be able to say if you were there for five minutes or five hours, but suddenly the light leaves the little fairy dragon's eyes. And you see a little tiny smile cross across her little go across her muzzle. And the wyverns who were once low to the ground stand up proudly on their four legs and they roar into the night sky. They're joined in by the other wyverns, and all the kobolds around you raise their weapons and also shout towards the heavens. You see on each of the wyverns for just a flash, as if their scales all turn to a different metallic hue, gold, silver, bronze, copper, they flash just for a second. And once that flashes over, the howling stops, and they all sit around looking downright peaceful. Thank you for joining us in the ritual, the voice in your mind says. Now, if you do not mind, I would appreciate if this little party of dwarves, if you would join us in this camp until we reach... Oh, I imagine Canarate is your destination, is it not? I don't really believe in coincidence, not after all I've seen, but I believe we are tied together in this. This menagerie, as it were, is also traveling to Canarate. Perhaps for your safety, you should stay with us as well. And, well, if nothing else, perhaps you'll lure more of those, well, hobgoblins towards us. Does that sound agreeable to all of you? Yes! Very good. Okay. Well, they all start to disperse a little bit. Uh, You see that the Wyverns and Kobolds are, you know, talking amongst themselves, seem to have some kind of conversation in Draconic, although it's pretty, it's casual, so it's not like they're yelling at each other or anything. Well, uh, as a dwarf, I'm entitled to buy you a drink. Oh, oh goodness. Well, I suppose so. I, my clerical duties are more or less wrapped up for the night. Uh, who would have the best drinks in town? Well, do you prefer a good dwarven brew, or... Would you have to try something perhaps different to your palate and have some gnomish wine? Because if you're looking to drink wine, well, we had the best in camp, but if you're looking to get drunk, it won't do much for you, especially as a dwarf. Well, I might just take a few, uh, may, may take a cup or two then. Just okay. I'll touch the whole barrel. Oh, are you guys coming back? Oh. I'll, I'll put my head out the, the tent and say, eh, hey, wine on me! Okay, well, um, Let's get drunk, run! Tug and Meatwad run back in, and they all run in. The tent is suddenly crowded. It was crowded before. It's very crowded now. And you all sit down. They start handing out these large pitchers of a very light yellow-ish in color liquid. Please, try it. Meatwad has a foot fetish, so I guess this is my thing now. And I shoot ah, back. It's about, it's about that time. <laughs> 
that uh, as you're sitting there drinking and imbibing and, I don't know, telling jokes or whatever the fuck you're doing, uh, you notice that a lot of the gnomes in this tent are missing limbs or even just hands or fingers, and they've all been replaced by mechanical components. Uh, it's just something you notice. <laughs> Your exterior limbs are quite metal. Is it just the gnomes that have robot parts? Yes. And in fact, you notice that the one you've been talking to, she seems to be the one in charge. Meatwad might find interest in this, has a mechanical foot. How do you have a robot foot? You can't just ask people that. In our line of work, potions, machines. Yeah, things happen sometimes. Uh, and my poppy always told me, you have to think your way out of it. And well, that's what I did. Every little oh. component you see here, I made myself. You won't find any better in all the world, I don't think. Okay, just making sure, darling. You sure that they aren't like cutting your blink twice if they're cutting your limbs off and using it to make this drink. <laughs> Every gnome, including the one with the robot eye, looks at you without blinking. Okay, now that we're on the same page here, <laughs> that's very cool. So, are you are you here for a surgery? Are you here for a drink? Or are you just passing through? Mostly a drink. We're on the way to Malthoon for, and I lean in quietly, state work, and I wink. Oh, wow. So, wait. I'm, I'm looking at you all. Okay, I can see that you're, you're the smart one, so you probably do magic or something of that nature. Uh, the little lady there, she has a bow on her back, so I imagine that's what she's good at. Her brother, right? You're, you look so identical, it must be. Her brother there has... Ooh, is that a... What was that, a 10-gauge? Oh, very fancy. Uh, I assume you shoot them. Bug route, where the hell are you, by the way? I'm practicing climbing. Okay, very well. Did, did I get all that right? Eh, I wouldn't call me smart. I just make the ideas that I'm given by my party members sound better. He's very smart. All right, so I'll imagine you all carry on uh, early into the morning. If you want to leave earlier, let me know. But I'll, otherwise, I'll assume that you all get nice and buzzed off gnomish wine and then stumble your way over Hamlin's tent to sleep on a cot outside. The night passes. At the crack of dawn, the scream of a wyvern wakes you all up. Does it seem to be, like, in pain, or... I don't know. Make a fucking nature, arcana, check? or sense motive check. I don't know. That's a 13, do you? It was oh, a really you... fucking loud wyvern cry. You want a sense motive, do you? I got a 16 sense motive. I got yeah, a you... 35. Natural 20 for a 13. Ooh, that'll work. Oh, God. I rolled a... Uh, I rolled a 4. So, 7. Well, so Gavin, you roll very well. Of course, this is a wyvern, so you don't necessarily have a lot of uh, familiarity with them. But you can tell pretty clearly that whatever this call was for, it was to get everybody's attention and do it quickly. As you all sit up out of bed and look around, perhaps the barrister more apprehensively than the rest of you, you see the rest of camp kind of leisurely getting out of their cabins, out of their carts, and starting to pack all the stuff up from the night before. About this time, you see old Ho God of the Orc walking around. Pack your shit. It's time to go. We've got miles to make yet. No time for wasting. They are packing up the camp to leave and continue on their journey. Is what there anything you'd like to do during this process? Uh, what happened with the Weaver? That was the wake up call, Gavin. It was 5 a.m. 5 a.m.? What is this? A goddamn courtroom. Uh, Thought I left that behind. Law jokes. <laughs> huh. I try to find a uh, cart like, hidden away that I can hide in and not have to do any work carrying things. 
Well, it just so happens you find the goblins trying the exact same scheme. Oh, little bean! Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, that's not my goblin voice. Ah, little bean! You want to hide too from work? Yes! They are saying this very loudly. Oh, good, come with us! We always hide in the back of Hamlin cart. Hamlin never checked back there. Well, he did a few times, but then he stopped. Yeah, come on! I'm coming, I'm coming. And as you get back into the back of Hamlin's cart with these goblins, you see that apparently at some point during the night they caught some uh, they caught some mice. What do you want to do with them? We can kill them. We can kill them no, in a funny see, way, or we can eat them. Or no, or, no, 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 this, no, no. This is what you got to do. You got to tie their tails together, and then they become king. King of what? The mouse king. Mouse king. Well, I don't get it tying knots. My finger got jammed on pole vault. I'll do. I'll do it for you. And then, and then, once, once, once they become king, we can eat them. Okay. Well, you you all do that since you're torturing these animals. Very good. Uh, does anyone else want to do anything while camp is uh, mustering? I'll I'll find the biggest, heaviest thing that needs to be moved and move it. Ah, uh, good. You help. Uh, well, I'd say that's the the wyvern wagon, but they pretty well got that in check. Uh, Hogog sees you walking around. Hey, you with the muscles. You looking for some work? I I want to lift thing. I see you're not really a man of words. Uh, you can help us tear down these walls outside. They're pretty heavy. You can probably carry two or three. And you uh, walk away with him and some of the human guards, and you start uh, taking apart the wall around the camp. You know, circus life may be not for me. I have no talents other than be strong. Thank you for giving me purpose here. You know where I come from, Dwarf. Being strong is about all that does matter, or at least it was, so don't count yourself out yet. You might make a good orc someday. I killed dragon with armor. I have no idea what you're talking about, but tell me that story as we work. Uh, does anybody else want to do anything in specific? I have knowledge I engineering. Is there anything I can like help pack something or stack something? Yeah, you could probably help the gnomes put their shit away. I contemplate offering to turn one of the goblins invisible. Very good. Uh, as you do your contemplation, and as the rest of you do your work and or animal torture, uh, you do notice that these carnies, despite uh, mostly being drunk, uh, are very efficient in packing up this camp. It takes no more than an hour to get everything put away, and it was pretty well taken out the night before. So, with that said, they start hitching up their wagons to their band of aurochs and horses and oxen, and they start making their way down the road. So this will be basically a standard day of travel. There aren't any major towns the camp's going to try to uh, advertise to along the way until they hit Canterate. So as you're traveling, Mr. Bugrat, uh, you think that Hogog has taken a liking to you. He, he's asking about your battle prowess and any good fights you've been in recently or in the past. I Last fight, I run at a hobgoblin who was mounted on the back of Wyvern. After I got through, they were both dead. Didn't even have to swing my hammer. Oh, 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 oh. oh aren't those the best fights when the fucker doesn't even know he's dead? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you remember my brother Gugrog, rest his goddamn soul. <laughs> oh, anyway, that's. Tell me Gug- more stories, boy. <laughs> Gugrog, you say? Oh, yes, very much so. Uh, I won't say more of an orc than me, but he was the chief. He. He in holds of Belkson? Excuse me? What, did he live in Belkson? Belkson? Yes. No. Oh. Well, from from the Vale, actually. I mean, we kind of went everywhere, but wherever the money was good, if you know what I mean. But uh, I'm uh, thinking of a different guy. Okay. You know a lot of works, then? Uh, a couple. 
is where I learn would learn my fighting technique. Get mad, run fast. Oh, one of those. Yes, we had a few of you in the tribe, I think, but those are really my way. I just figure I get good with the sword, don't need any other enhancements, so to speak. But hey, to each their own. You know, my brother, before he came back and led the tribe, he had to kill dad to do it. Of course, it was the whole thing. Basically, so this guy, right, he's got the life. He's in the Malthuni army. He's doing great. He's got this smoking woman by his side. Uh, that's Alexandra's sister, by the way. Rest her soul. Uh, they come back. They said, hey, we're going to raid everywhere. And, you know, it was a pretty good few years. And all of a sudden, oh, shit. We get wiped down this fight. Malthun, as it turns out, was ready for us. We're not sure somebody lied. It didn't matter. We almost all died. I walked away losing an arm. My brother's dead. His wife's dead. Prince is fucking gone. It's a whole goddamn thing. But it all works out for the best. And I'm a goddamn circus talking to a dwarf, right? Dwarf, that is me. <laughs> hey, run to that tree. See if you can knock it down. There's a small... Oh. Uh, there's like a, t- a four foot tall conifer tree on the side of the path. Do it. Oh. I bet you. I bet you can. Damn it. Okay. You hit the tree. You don't knock it over, but you do bend it. And then as it bends to its apex, it flings you back. <laughs> you probably should have raged on that one, Barbaric. <laughs> Get back up in the goddamn car before you make a fool of yourself again. I forgot to wear my glasses today. What <laughs> are the rest of you doing? Damn it. <laughs> I go to the back of the cart and open the door. Oh, he just ran into a fucking tree. Hogog <laughs> uh, looks back because he's driving it up front with Bugrod and just looks at you, Barrister. Hey, don't laugh my friend that way. <laughs> Except for this time. Do you see that shit? He hit that... You got his ass kicked by a tree. Like a goddamn play. I am experiencing self-consciousness. Now, I know that tree just won, but I swear to God, he ran through a dragon and its rider. Yeah, but he can't run through a fucking tree. Yeah, I I think he's out of juice or something. I don't know what what happened. That tree has good roots. Hey, Ace, don't worry about it. We'll see like a dandelion or something. You can try again, okay? He'll get around too. This is troubling day. Perhaps it will lead to mental illness in future. Oh, oh. I hate myself. Don't we all, boy? Don't we all? <laughs> this is not making it better. No, it makes death easier. I'm telling you, once you're ready for it, it's not so bad. That's what my pop used to say until my brother killed him. It was great. I also have a brother. What's he do? I, I, I lied. Oh. I just, I just wanted you to like me again. Oh, Ace, how can I not like you? You're strong and you're funny. Kind of like me, I guess. I don't know. The, the wagon caravan keeps venturing forth. Everybody go make a perception check. Wonderful. Oh, while we were traveling, I did want to talk to uh, wow. the gnomes about the ins and out of the workings of their uh, mechanical arms, because Cedric really likes mechanics. You got the highest hey. I got a nat 20. I got a nat 20, and Jamie still did better than me. Jamie, with a 31, as you look out to the east, it's just really just wide plains on the side of the road, interspersed by farmland and the occasional hamlet. Way out to the east, you see a little dot in the sky that, from past experience, tells you that it is almost certainly a wyvern raider. It doesn't seem to be coming towards you, but it has been at that spot for a bit as you watch it. Do with that information as you will. Mm, I see movement in the trees. Well, it's like... You'd probably guess like 20, 30 miles out. It's way out there. 
Uh, you want to go talk to the gnomes, Mr. Collinson? Yes. Okay. Old Rena's leading a wagon. It's led by uh, four aurochs carrying all their little wares and whatnot. It's hooked up to Hamlin's wagon as well. Oh, the wall. Are you here to regale us with more tales? No, actually, I was uh, here to ask you a few things about uh, your uh, mechanical limbs there. It's such a uh, interesting piece of machinery. Oh, you like them, do you? We could sit you down for a surgery. It's not very expensive. What do you want replaced? A leg, an arm, something a bit more <laughs> exotic I don't... for the lady, perhaps? <laughs> uh, no, I don't need anything replaced at the moment. But if I get it, something lopped off, I'll make sure to come to you all. You better. I'm the best in town. If by town you mean the whole goddamn world. That's fair. With technology like that, why aren't you in, like, down in Absalom or something? Oh, it's boring. Sitting in a lab all day, doing the same thing. It's awful. See, we come here. You know, I, I hooked up with Obadiah a long time ago. His show was coming through town. My whole family. We've been trying exactly what you're talking about. We had a shop open. And it was fun for, you know, half a generation or so. But it gets so dull. And there's just something about, well... I don't want to be deterministic here, but this gnomish blood, it wants to travel. And I figure, hell, I can do the same thing at this show. There's going to be plenty of people who need it, right? And at the same time, we can dabble in other stuff. My brother over there tames lions. It's a whole thing. I get to make potions. Excuse me, shoot off fireworks. It's a hell of a time, really. It's exciting. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to kill. It's it's just, ah, every day's a new adventure. Being a uh, someone who's uh, lived in the same city for most of my entire life until a couple weeks ago, I must admit, it is rather fun going out and seeing new places. So oh. I can definitely understand the uh, the one for adventure. Oh, yes. I've been with this traveling show. We're coming on to 35 years now. And I'll tell you, it's never the same day twice. We've been about through the entirety of the inner sea. We've gone up north. Try to show what these mammoth riders once. Didn't go well, by the way. They don't... Something about the magic. They think it's real. It's, it's a whole thing. Uh, but uh, it's. I want to give it up for the world. So where all did you learn to make these tiny workable limbs? Oh, as my old teacher taught me, trial and error. Uh, <laughs> you see, that's another reason why the town wasn't so great, medical ethics and whatnot. Look, at the end of the day, if somebody loses their leg, they want it back. How much worse could it get for them, right? And I will say, through all the surgeries I've done, I've made nobody worse off, aside from, well, the occasional excruciating pain. That's easily solved through the application of magic. It's true, magical healing... Is very valuable. And yeah, actually, it's kind of interesting how it works. And she kicks her foot up and takes off her mechanical leg or her mechanical oh foot. That's oh, okay. Oh, you see, oh, we got meat just is having a bloody nose for some reason. Uh, <laughs> you see, it's really easy. Have you ever, Cedric, have you ever cut somebody open before, incidentally or on purpose? I look at my hammer. That's not my uh, traditional means of uh, attack. If you line them up just right with these mechanical components, get a charge in there. It's almost like they can talk to each other. It's hard to explain. Uh, and honestly, for me, I don't think I could write a book on the stuff. It's more of feel than anything else for me. But it just, it works. And everybody's a little bit different, but like I said, trial and error. Old Hogo there, he, uh, <laughs> oh boy, it took a while to get that arm going, but he's stubborn, so he made it. Mm. By the way, you don't have to happen to have the hookup on a large amount of brass, do you? As a dwarf, I figure you might know somebody. I mean, I am a dwarf with how much? I have 15 strength, and I believe, according to Paizo, 14 strength is visibly cut. But do you have access to vast sums of brass, my boy? Uh, do I? I don't think I do. Oh, that's a shame. Well, maybe 
We'll get lucky and pass by Kragan on the way out of here. Won't be more than a couple of years so we can swing around. I, I'll be uh, happy to see it. So you're used mostly out of brass. Is it some kind of clockwork? Clock? No, goodness, no. That actually, though, funny story, that is what my master did. Tutor, I suppose you could say. Uh, but uh, not really. It's more of just kind of lining it all up right. And <laughs> it clicks, both in a literal and figurative sense, I suppose. Interesting. So you do usually just use brass. Do you use any other metals, like steel or... Oh, nickel? goodness, yes. Steel, iron, brass, electrum. We had a whole manner of things we use. Even mithril, if you're the fancy type. <laughs> electrum isn't fancy. Well, it's not that fancy when magic exists, my boy. I need a... I need an adamantium arm, please, for punching things. Okay. Uh, well, no, not really. God, that would be so we'll, expensive. We have to remove the old one first. Would you like it at the elbow or the shoulder? There will be a cost difference. Keep that in mind. What about effectiveness? Where does that come in? I make no promises up front or afterwards, but I have plenty of happy customers. God, just get my uh, shield arm replaced with just an adamantium one. Just hey, imagine the shield slams. As she gestures off the side of the wagon, you see uh, Tugdabina and Meatwad playing with the goblins, tying rat tails together. You know, despite what you might think about goblins, they actually make great nurses in a surgery room. They're really good with a blade. I, I've seen a goblin do uh, some handy work. As the camera zooms out from there, you keep on traveling down the road. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a seems like it's going to be a pretty non-eventful day. I mean, aside from the conversations with the friends you make along the way. Uh, Tug Nabina or me, well, I'd go to make an animal handling check for your little rat tail. Oops, sorry, back. Uh, 17. Okay, you, t- you tie them together pretty good, but uh, one of them kind of gets loose and starts to run off, and the goblins look dejected. We zoom out from that scene and back to Gavin, uh, to the barrister, and say, Barrister, is there anybody you want to tell about your little wyvern encounter? Oh, uh, yeah, I heard. I, uh, I was standing out and looking over the woods, and I saw some movement about 20 miles away as we were walking. A bit worrisome, maybe. Who are you telling that to? Uh, anybody. Uh, probably the leader of the caravan, the halfling first. Obadiah? Okay. Is this the first you've seen them? we spotted a few ever since you joined, and to be honest, it's not too uncommon around here. Malthoon likes to put those bugbears up on these wyverns and scout around. Occasionally hassle the poor folk, but they tend to leave us alone. You know, it's probably because of ours. <laughs> to be honest, uh, I don't want to pay too much mind to it, but if you see anything else kind of weird happening, let me know. Oh, sure. Okay. The caravan, as the sun begins to set, pulls off the road, and they start erecting the tents and the cabins and the walls. You all help out as best you can. Another night of merriment passes with conversation and drinking and probably misdemeanor crimes committed by the two dwarven twins and the goblin quadruplets. Does anybody want to do anything in specific, or should we roll on to the morning? Morning time! Sounds good to me. Same as before, a wyvern scream erupts in the center of camp. Not getting used to that any. You all start packing up and carrying on. Again, uh, you're still passing through mostly farmland. You, From what Obadiah had said a few nights ago, it'll be about four days total to get to the capital city of Canarate. So as you travel that day, again, much the same. Conversations, learning about one's another, committing tomfoolery and whatnots. And you start to make camp for the night. Again, same deal, you help out. You have some this time. Talk to Vina, would you like to help the chef prepare a meal? He was going to go for shit on He was going to go for a standard shit on a shingle routine, which is basically gravy over... Uh, over I have a shit on a shingle, So how would you like to spice that up? Better make me a uh, survival uh... or knowledge local camp. I didn't roll a hot survival check when I rolled an 11. 
Just a fuck ton of finely crushed up rocks. I add, I try I try to make things fancy and like get like some fancy sea salt and like crushed white pepper, but add like way too much to it, and it just tastes like extremely salty slosh. As the uh, fat ass human cook looks at what you're doing, he kind of <laughs> he kind of shrugs his shoulders. Well, lass, if it makes you feel any better, I usually. I used to do the same thing, to be quite honest with you. Look, I, look I'm normal. I'm normal, real good. I'm sure you are. No, no. Gluten. I love a delightful lasagna and also some really good oatmeal and also some really good uh, uh-huh. 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 the whole The uh-huh. whole lasagna in a bowl of soup. It was really good. But uh-huh. this, uh, this, wave, this wyvern thing every morning uh-huh. at 5 a.m. is throwing me off. No, uh-huh. you're, you're not listening to me. Uh-huh. I'm not, stop it. <laughs> Tell them I'm a good cook! And the monkey on his shoulder is The monkey on his shoulder is chattering at you. I would not stand here! I would disrespect him! I'm. You know what? Fuck you! He he looks over at you. Little Bean, are you perhaps feeling a bit salty? (laughs) Oh, you got him! You got him, ass! We all have our bad days. Okay. Yeah, exactly. But that cook is not. Who doesn't think this is a bad day? He thinks this is a regular day. Okay. Well, you pass out your shit on a shingle. You can't help enough as, as people eat it. They're drinking a little bit more water than they usually do. Uh, I have to say, this is some greatly salted food. Whoever salted this is great. Beans, yeah, the the orc hogog is down, drinking it, trying to prove that it's it's edible. Yeah, hogog is uh, chewing on it. Well, uh, little dwarf, I'll tell you this: it won't go bad anytime soon. Although it won't probably go good either. Make one mistake, no one ever lets you live it down. Tell me. No, about that's it. the point. I'm gonna run away forever. Glad I sold me mother out. No, I, made, <laughs> I made a mistake once and lost my arm and my family. So all things considered, <laughs> losing your family is not a bad thing sometimes. But no, so now you have a robot arm, and you have this traveling crew with your family, so it looks like you came out on top. Oh, I suppose you could say that, and he, uh, how old are you, kid? Um, 35. Oh, shit, when I was your age, I already had seven kids. Well, I'm 35, and I'm a dwarf, so that makes me, like, 17. Oh, well, that's still pretty good for an orc, you know. Okay. Okay. Uh, you sit there in awkward silence eating over insulted shit on a shingle. <laughs> the night passes. Make a perception check. 29! 13. 17. <laughs> 16. <laughs> Alright, Tug Nabina, it's late in the night. Uh, and well, you're kind of. So far. 24. Oh no, you actually. Only Tug Nabina gets it with her 29. Uh, Tug Dabina, it's, you've been sleeping for, well, you're not quite sure when, but you're awoken by the sound of some type of conversation happening at the entrance to the camp. You see, as you kind of roll over and look at it, you can see with your fancy dwarven eyes that the two humans are talking to a bugbear clad in armor. Uh, I want to sneak over and listen. Okay. Make a stealth check. 16. Well, uh, you're, you're a little bit far away, so... You make your first few paces. Uh, nobody seems to notice you that you can tell. You can kind of hear the conversation. You see that the bugbear is gesturing to the humans with a piece of paper in his hand. It's kind of hard to tell, but it kind of looks like that paper's a wanted poster. Are you sure they're not here? 
We had evidence they were here, but they're traveling with you. Look, buddy, I told you once. He told you once. We ain't going to tell you twice. We ain't got no dwarves here except the blacksmith. Unless you're looking for a man who apparently wronged you over 40 years ago, I don't think he's the one. So, Dabina, is there anything you want to do? Am I, am I in a location where this, this this bugbear would see me? You've been kind of sneaking along the wall of the camp. Although your first check was pretty low, your distance was such that unless he was specifically looking right where you were, he wouldn't have seen you. That being said, if you want to try to sneak closer for whatever reason, you have to hit, make a higher check. No, I would like to not sneak closer. Very good. The conversation continues. Look, human, if we find out that you're harboring these dwarf fugitives here, it'll be the end of you and this entire little, what's that word? Margarine? Menagerie, actually. God damn, they make bugbears stupid. I want you to fuck off before we fuck you off. It's a very odd conversation. The bugbear grunts. It's your funeral, humans. We won't be so nice next time. And he departs, and the two human guards sit back in their chairs, smoking cigarettes. Is the bugbear actually gone? You heard him stomp off, but you can't really see well past the wall of camp. But you presume so. What time is it? Yeah, it's the moon is going down, but the sun is not coming up, so it's pretty early in the morning. I go back to bed. Very good. Five o'clock hits, a wyvern screeches across camp. Mm. You wake up, drink your gnome wine. It's a good morning constitutional. Oh, what a good sleep. I'm glad nothing to fairies happened last night. How about that? And as you say that, the York Hogog walks over to you. About time you woke up. You know, apparently your celebrities around these parts. Are we in trouble because the bugbear couldn't find us? Oh, so you did know. Well, what bugbear? Go ahead, well, little so one. Tell him what happened. I, w- I, w- I woke up last night and there was a bugbear and he was harassing the bouncers and he was saying that he needed to find dwarves because we, we, we were in trouble and the uh, humans lied. And then I went back to sleep. Yeah, it's about the short and the long of it. Apparently, uh, Malthoon, well, I won't say Malthoon, at least the bugbears that they occasionally employ are really looking for you. Pretty good bounty in your heads, actually. Oh, how much is it? Yeah, Make sell ourselves. They were offering a smooth 2000 apiece. That's that's, and, and that's just for telling us, for people telling them where you are. All right. Well, what if you bring us in and we split it 50-50 and then we kill them all? That sounds great, but from past experience, they'd probably kill us all and none of us make any money. Maybe not. That's a risk we're willing to take. Hey, uh, Ace. Yes. That one that you killed, was he a bugbear too or what was it? Uh, Hobgoblin, I believe. Oh, good. You killed an officer. Outstanding. Um, well, here's my advice to you, dwarves. Whatever you do, don't talk to any bugbears between here and Canterate. And honestly, once you're inside Canterate, too. From what I understand, and I'm no expert in these mm, political matters, as he looks over to the barrister, I don't always think the regular troops of Malthoon and these so-called monster divisions get along so well. So I think as long as you talk to the humans, you should be in the clear. This is bad news. We cannot speak to bugbears. I have lost a pin pal. It's all right. Um, we've been uh, dealing with these people for a little bit, but it's uh, good to know that it's not uh, a full-scale uh, all-races-against-dwarf effort. Well, you've been so good to us, aside from that dish last night, that we, well, uh, what can we say? Us circus folks, we keep it in the family. Um, gross. <laughs> I thought you weren't that kind of show. Fun <laughs> <laughs> fact, they do offer a showing of the aristocrats once a month. Uh, I should help pack up the camp unless you want to have any conversations. 
Uh, things are going together. You hit the road. Obadiah makes his way back to the barrister and whatever dwarf is sitting next to him. So I heard you caused some commotion last night. From what Bean said, uh, seems that you and your guards are on the same page here. And I thank you for that. Well, I'll let you know a little secret here, Barrister, and it's probably not much of one to you. In this line of work, you're always kind of skirting the law a little bit. Uh, so we kind of take a strong no law enforcement stand. I mean, look at it. Yeah, well, maybe. That's one way to put it. Thank you, Bean. Uh, you know, if they come into camp with a warrant and all that nonsense, of course, we let them do what they must. But if they're just snooping around. We either make them buy a ticket or we tell them to fuck off. So that was the fuck off option. Mind my French. And by French, I, of course, mean uh, mind my serenade. I just got to say, um, you know, this place is better than us. And <clears throat> sorry, wrong accent. Oh, you know, this place is better than us. Uh, you probably don't want to be seen walking into the capital city of a nation where part of their legions are after us. Uh, with oh, you. goodness, no. Ooh, we parked be, about no. half a mile out of the gates. What's going to happen is, if you go there and decide to go through with your stupid plan, uh, I won't call it stupid, it's a mission and all that, I get it with yours. Oh, no, we'll let you stupid, go. We'll, we'll let you go. And uh, by all means. And if you want to come back, you come back. If you don't, well, we'll be gone in two days. So, well, three, depending on the ticket sales, maybe four. It all kind of depends. Well, here's a proposition for you. If, you know, if we get into the town, we'll probably be all right. And uh, if you give our names away, make yourself a few thousand gold. Tell us we're here to go to see the Emperor. They already know that shite, so make a few dollars and they'll know we're in town. But the secret is they'll probably already know we're in town. Maybe make a few coins your way. We'll play it by ear as we get there, Lord Dwarf. Don't worry. Just don't want you to come out of nothing out of this for harboring fugitives. <laughs> now, how'd you know that I have a heart for gold bigger than any red dragons? Again, same kind of travel city, although you notice as you're traveling closer and closer to the capital city, the hamlets are getting bigger. Uh, clearly, this is a population center you're approaching. You'd be in what you might call the exurbs, using modern vernacular. So as you travel that night, you actually make really good time. The road here has gone from, you know, pounded dirt to loose gravel to almost, almost flagstones. Not all the way. I mean... Malthoon's doing okay, but they don't have the kind of money to pave their roads completely this far from the capital. But the wagons are making markedly better time. Just about as the sun sets, uh, you can see kind of a hum of light in the distance on the horizon. Uh, make a, If you have knowledge local or architecture or even dungeoneering, you can make a roll here. 28 on the local. Uh, does engineering count for architecture? Sure. Three. Oh, I, 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 I don't know shit to that. Um, okay, uh, Mr. Barrister, you know that from those lights on the horizon, that kind of dim glow is the sun setting, that there is likely a city just over that way, less than a day's travel. So you guys are getting real close, and you would imagine that the caravan will make it there by, well, before noon tomorrow. As you all set up for camp for tonight, does anybody want to cook any meals or help out? I will try and assist with cooking again to redeem myself. All right, so this time, little dwarf, we're going to keep it a little bit simple for you. I know the two ingredients was probably a little bit much. We're going to go for a simple grilled cheese platter tonight, okay? Nothing complicated. How would you like to spice it up? Help me out. I would like to... Tomato soup, tomato soup, tomato soup, tomato soup, tomato soup, tomato soup. Okay, make the roll. I rolled a 23. 
Okay, well, Tug Davina, you pulled together what is a pretty decent tomato soup. Would you like to explain to the cook what you prepared tonight to go along his main dish? Yes, so I took fresh tomatoes and then I ground them up with an immersion blender. And then I boiled them <laughs> with some The gnomes fresh... actually have one in the tent, so it makes sense. Yeah, now I boiled it with some fresh oregano and basil and then added a little bit of cashew cream to make it pop. A bit rich for my blood, but maybe the folk will like it. And as the dish is served up, Tugdabina, you notice that while people usually eat one, maybe two grilled cheeses, they are really going for this tomato soup. And in fact, uh, by the end of it all there, people are literally scraping the insides of the barrel of the pot for more. I looked over at the cook who mocked me last night, and I hold up both of my middle fingers. <laughs> uh, he just nods at you respectfully, and as he turns his back, the monkey holds up two middle fingers to you. <laughs> <laughs> But respectfully, in a way. Um, good. Uh, for that wonderful tomato soup, you will all get a plus one on any charisma-related rolls for the next 24 hours. Okay, you all tuck her down for the night? Okay. You lay your heads down, start snoozing. By the way, you guys come to notice that uh, old Bugrod here, he really snores like a motherfucker, even bad for a dwarf. It's, it's miserable. It's very embarrassing. It's almost like his CMB rolls over into his snore. As it has been always... The screech of a wyvern wakes you up. Everyone make a perception check. Oh no. This is the long con. 24. 20. Uh, 27. 28. Oh. Oh, Bugrod is leaving himself. All right, boys. Bugrod, as your eyes open to the screech of the wyvern, you can't help but notice the sun is not up. And as you turn, you see a large fireball up in the center of camp. And that ends this broadcast week. No! Ah, shit. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the present, you all find yourself in a pub that has more or less been cleared out for you all. Uh, you leave in the morning, and the mayor has made uh, special accommodations for you to have one last hurrah while you're in town. Free drinks and whatnot. You also, you all are hanging out at a table, making plans, talking shit. So, uh, what, what's going on? Well, honestly, Cyrix, I think you just hate me because I'm prettier. Why, why would I Why would I think you were prettier? Oh, you don't. That's the problem. Oh, I think you both have certain chops about you. Oh, come on. You're an I am a day and Take a stance. Well, I had to stand by the Herald, but I'm not going to sit I mean, being oh, a fellow woman. Blessed by one dead god, and all of a sudden... Look... Does it matter who is the prettiest of all of us when I'm the only one who can actually score? Well, scoring isn't the whole point of the game, you see. Okay, whatever. Penny, are you trying to get a rise out of us? You know, technically speaking, me and Penny are the only ones with children, so we're the only ones with evidence that we've ever scored. It's true. Oh, Fantasy Planned Parenthood has quite a few records of my attempts at scoring. Getting rid of your evidence. Attempt. How convenient. So is it a child protection agency. <laughs> why Why are you interested in this discussion, Penny? Well, what else am I going to do? Literally anything else? Uh, you could read, you could drink, you could... Penny, hear- why are you in such a mood tonight, though? Seriously. Is oh, this about, it's, well, what's it about? It's been a long few days... Let me tell you, I did not expect to have to defend a town after coming here. I just wanted to watch my, I guess we're still, 
my husband separated because divorcing is quite expensive. And yes, sometimes life takes us down odd roads, Penny. I didn't anticipate to be doing any of this either. I like to think it's all for a reason. Well, maybe. And for some reason, you've heralded her as the uh, the reason. Well, she's only part of the bigger picture, although Cirrus is very important. There are others. And if I can find them, well, I don't know, but I feel Teresa, like they're all dead. Well, we don't know that. I've told you this. Actually, ladies, now that you bring that up, I've been thinking a lot. And Charlie, if you want to tag in, by all means. Um, I have been pondering the heralds. Now, this prophecy of Aridan is very old, as I understand it. And I don't know the specific text. The text have been lost, in fact. But it's been around for so long, it couldn't have been the same heralds the entire time. Sirix, you're what, 50? I'm 34. Well, you're a half elf, so I do apologize. Don't don't take any don't take anything from that. I do apologize. Um, <laughs> you're what? But 12? what I'm saying is, this. First off, I am 22 years of age. Anyway, the heralds. Oh, I'm sorry. They, you're a human. The prophecy is older than 50 years, Sirius. So what I'm saying is, there must have been other heralds throughout time. I, I don't know the specifics. I don't look. I didn't become a war priest to learn about metaphysics, but. So what you're saying. <laughs> So what you're saying is that titles are passed on. Well, I I suppose that's one way it could work, yes. What does that make me? The fighter then, or whatever it's called? Well, the Penny, woodsman? It, well, Penny, it is certainly <laughs> possible. I mean, if you were wrapped into a thread with one herald and your husband was one. <clears throat> I know. Don't, don't. I look. But if you say is, my fate is attached to his, I will spike your drink. No, Penny. Everybody's fates are their own, but they're also of the gods. Who do these gods think they are just playing us like a chess game? It's kind of weird, don't you Penny, think? Penny, how old are you? How old do you think, honey? Um, like 65? That's actually quite close, 62. Ah, and dare I say, Penny, you look great despite all the dark magic. I was, I I'm actually surprised I was so close because you're acting like an edgy 17-year-old. Oh, thank you. You know, I just haven't been around such immature people in a while. It's it's relaxing. As Charlie's picking his nose. <laughs> We're all a thread in the tapestry of time. We're not there because of the other threads, but at the same time, without those other threads, we wouldn't exist. We'd serve no function. So what I'm saying is, Penny, there is a reason you were brought to us. And maybe you don't like it. Hell, I don't... Oh, goodness, I apologize. There's no reason... For you to like it. If you hate it, that's fine, but maybe that's part of it too. No. If anything, he's intertwined with me. It's not the other way around. See, that's the kind of attitude I like. You're a good woman, Penny, despite a lot of things. I know deep and down. You're the good prettiest. Woman. Sure. And why are you so obsessed about this pretty thing? It's fun to watch you uh, get contorted in the face. You know, there are easier ways to, to joke around and make friends, Penny. Yes, but as you can see, I'm 62 with no family members, so I'm not very good at well, it. Hold, well, hold on, Penny. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm your friend, so to speak, but I'd be happy to call you an acquaintance. And look, all flowers grow. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Would you like me to, if you like, Teresia, I could just be quiet and supportive. Um, that's how people like me. No, Penny, I think for too long you've been measuring yourself against other people. I think you need okay. to be yourself. I am myself. When I'm myself, Cyrix is asking me why I don't have any friends. And honestly, the answer is that exactly. 
Harold, do you think you might need to apologize to Penny? Don't <laughs> apologize for calling out on rude. Well, she did just lose her husband, as strange as they were. <laughs> the day Sirix apologizes to me for me being rude is the day that the world is ending. I apologize. I've never apologized once, and I'm not about to make a habit of it now, Teresia. <laughs> Damn right. Oh, Thank you. <laughs> Another drink Sirix. for me. Penny and Sirix immediately start pulling Teresia together. <laughs> well, look. We had to make for Craig it on pretty soon, so maybe we should start planning how that's going to go. Oh, yes. you know how I feel about dwarves, right? Well, I know it can't be Charlie? universally feel about bugbears. Charlie is an elf. What? Well, I know, but Charlie didn't. Tra- he was shouting a couple nights ago about dwarves. He had like a vision. Got a bad feeling about him. Where? Where is this root? Charlie, where is this rooted in? Have you ever oh, met wow. a dwarf before? Mm, I mean, I've met some short people, but I'm not sure if they are dwarves or not. <laughs> What in particular is the bad feeling? I just there, something's happening with them. I don't. I did. I have already told you this is not a specific prediction. Let's just be aware. Uh, well, okay, we'll keep that in mind. Um, but I think answers await all of us at Kragadon. We're going to find out well, exactly how the Iron Fang got their hands on some dwarven artifacts. You're going to be leaving your family, Laura, to go talk to some dwarves. Are you really okay with that? My family are serving our people of Nermathos, as will I. Here, Unless here. Near back gives out, which honestly, any day now, I'm pretty sure. Oh, come here. I have a lesser restoration with your knee on it. What I recommend is finding a young human, or maybe half orc in your case, and uh, someone who is fit and well, well structured, and you have them transfer their blood into you, and then you feel young and youthful. We'll take another drink. So, uh, do, do you want to go on horseback, or do you think we should rent a wagon? How would you like to get to Kragadon? As this conversation goes on, we gently fade to black, but before we do, we see uh, Cyrix clutch a small scroll that's sticking out of a pocket or a bag or something on her person. And then the scene changes rapidly. We see Julian and Uma and Gregor and Vision and Lorky walking along their path, and they reach the summit of the mountain where the temple lies, and then the scene shifts one more time, and Greg and Gorgug are sitting right outside of that temple gate, and then we move inside of the temple. We see Ferrum, Hosni, Halam, Shrek. Good old Shrek. And, God, well, why am I forgetting my guys? Moxie <laughs> Mastrum! And Moxie Molstrom sitting on the floor, just kind of waiting. And then the scene shifts again outside of your all's hotel room you're staying in. There sits on a barrel a small fox. And then the scene shifts one more time back to the bar. And the door opens with a flourish and a gnomish woman walks in. Hey, any of you here uh, seen a guy named Truxton Pendleton? And that's the end of our broadcast week. We have nothing but bad news for that person. <laughs> <laughs> I only knew him He's for two hours. He's fucking dead. Yeah, we'll take you to see him. Takes him to the takes him to the grave. <laughs> she might be able to talk with it. So who knows? I was told Truxton, use cold resist whenever you get the opportunity. <laughs> Thank you.
This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Incorporated, which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Incorporated. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com forward slash community use. For more information about Paizo Incorporated and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com. Iron Fang Invasion is copyright 2017. Iron Fang Invasion and the Pathfinder Adventure Bath are trademarks of Paizo. Thank you.